know how to start this today. What a blessing. I have always said something and now I'm, I, I, <laughs> hi you guys. <laughs> yo, this is the first time I ever was like, yo, I'm like, blog, but it's D. Happy, not quite Thanksgiving, everybody. Hi. Welcome back to, what is this? What did you do? It's been so long. I don't know how to do this anymore. It's been anymore. like two and a half, three weeks. Yeah, clearly. but like I'm rusty. Like I don't have an intro. Do you know how hurt I am? Yeah, guys, we're going to get back to <laughs> intros at some point. Well, like that intro, but also like this intro that I do. Yeah. Like this ridiculous like, intro that I do. Hi, yeah, I always say something stupid. Hello, nurse. I was going to sing can, uh, lose, lose Your Breath. Use My Breath? Lose, yeah. But I just blanked out. That's wild. Anyway, hello, everybody. Who's talking? Who's What's your name? I said I'm D. You did? Okay, I'm Charnel. And this is What Did You Do? <laughs> True That's crime welcome. podcast that tells these stories from the social work and mental <laughs> You feel like you need to underline that for people? Uh. Yes. Bold. Underline. But also, underline. But we also, right. But we also like to have a good time if you like to hear Woo-hoo, facts. Wild. Wikipedia is a thing. So we are. For, uh, 48 hours? I love 48 hours. I love 48, 48 hours. Right. We're not even being shady. It's just. No, but that's. I the, have that's, a little loyal lemonade. I feel like we're like the opposite we got a little of 48. Lemonade in me, so I have I'm a white claw. I'm white yeah, clawing. Because, because that's like, if you open my fridge, it's nothing but defrosted chicken and alcohol. <laughs> He he eats like an adult. I'm trying to be trying better. To I'm trying to I'm trying to eat better, guys. So there's a lot of uh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, guys, we're back. Thank we're you back. for waiting on yes. us. We're back. <laughs> and if you didn't realize what we're talking about or who we're talking about today, it's John Frederick Thanos. Yes. Um, perfectly unbalanced as all things should not be. If you are a Marvel nerd, you'll get that reference. I, um, I the Thanos thing. I just thought Marvel the, the Thanos 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 Thanos, Thanos, Thanos. Thanos. <laughs> Thanos. a Jenny Craig commercial. It's Thanos. Um, um, snap your finger. You lost fifteen pounds in one week, and now I feel great. All of this though reminds me um, of Marvel. This was uh, where did my voice go? This was a suggestion. Yes, it was uh, um, from a listener. Yes, and I googled it and was like, "Oh, this is it. I want to do this next." Um, and I love these cases. I love the cases where there aren't a lot of things you can just right. find Right, this one isn't nilly. known. If I right. can't find a podcast that did this topic... I, that makes me excited. That I can't find something. a YouTube documentary, even that like too. a seven-minute right, one. I'm right. like, we are going to be the first. And so I found a lot of sources. I wrote them down because I want to make sure we give credit because people are getting dragged now. But the Washington Post, uh, the Maryland Coast Dispatch, Baltimore Sun, NPR, the Associated Press are all the folks who put together this story and commented and investigated and researched. And we were able to pull together an episode from all of their hard work. So it makes me very happy. Yes. So, so and- a little bit of a lead in here. I don't know. Kind of, maybe, almost, but not really. I'm in a good mood because I had the day off. So I did not. <laughs> I'm coming from work. So, you know, from, we're talking about John Frederick Thanos, and he's going to be go by a few names. I'm going to call him John. I'm going to call him Thanos. I'm going to call him Freddy, because that was his nickname. As I called kid. him JFT at one point, and I think that's going to be my JFT? Thing. Yeah. I'll take I like that. that. I like that. Um, but he had a very uh, close, let's say that, relationship with violence. Yeah. Uh, with crime. Mm-hmm. Um, crime, no definitely. No stranger to jail, incarceration whatsoever. <laughs> but he was not your typical... Uh, prisoner nor your typical violent offender mm-hmm. so we're gonna jump into what life looked like for jft mm-hmm. um and let's, let's and see as, what we find and as we start we all start with a birthday so john was born on march 28th 1949 it's my nephew's birthday. he was an aries co-aries not 1949 clearly but <laughs> no. march 28th. <laughs> yeah it's the nine percent. Right. he was born in <laughs> dunok that's what I said? Yeah. <laughs> sure, it's Maryland. Sure. Maryland. Um. <laughs> <laughs> he was the oldest uh, child of John Stephen Thanos, so he would have been a junior if it was a uh, Frederick, but I hate when... I hate I when, to... I, no, you're not... Apparently, you're not a junior if right. the middle name is not In the same, head, which I hate it. It doesn't matter. And then... Names, all words are made up. It doesn't matter, guys. <laughs> and then Patty <laughs> Thanos... Um, she was from Virginia, um, and he was a shell shock World War II veteran who drove a truck for a living. So he's a truck driver. Um, so the stories of his childhood really came from the trial, it seems like. Yeah, so they, they were 
two pieces, right? Conflicting. There was like that idyllic childhood that John would offer up. He loved his father. Right. For what... I don't know. For whatever reason. We're going to have to talk about it (laughs) because... In like 10 seconds. I don't know what's going on. He loved his daddy. He loves his daddy, right? Mm -hmm. And for whatever reason, he paints him as this guy who works hard, loves hard, Mm -hmm. shows up, provides. Right. But... Mm-hmm. At some point in the trial, they actually hire a social worker to investigate his early life because they want to know right. where exactly this man came from. Yes, the defense attorney. And they find out that that might not actually, not even might not, is not true. Right. <laughs> well, you know what's wild to me, though, that John agreed more with the prosecution's version of the story because the prosecution was like, yeah, he grew up middle class. Right. Dad provided for them. He Everything was straight. And then he became a bad boy. Like, that was their mm-hmm. version of it. Um, and then the defense was more about what I'm about to say, but I always feel like it's somewhere in the middle yeah, with these you things. Gotta, you gotta bring forth like, probable cause, right? Yeah. So the I, burden is on the people to prove, but like it's like yeah. So <laughs> like I said, there is always something in the middle, and I feel like it is. But from what the defense said and the social worker as well, Dad, uh, John's dad was most likely an abuser. Okay. Um, it was said in court that he was a sadist. Um, he treat he was treated for mental illness. They didn't specifically say where at Perry Point Veteran Hospital. But, remember, like, but uh, he was serving. The there is no like like when they would treat right. you for mental illness. It was they would treat you for like hysteria if you're a woman and things like that. But he also never... served in the war. So, right. so PTSD, real. That's the thing. thing. Yeah. But also, his behavior doesn't shout PTSD. No, shouts something else. And I don't. It's, I'm not qualified <laughs> to diagnose anybody. Right. But what I could say, it what would like, you say? I'd go with BPD, but I'd also go with a little what? bit of schizophrenia. Yeah. So, um, schizo, definitely. Um, right off the bat, he was known for beating his son um, to the point where he also beat him in a scrotum once. So, that happened. What the, what the real? Dad would also turn off the power in the house when mom was away and whisper through like the vents that the devil was coming. So, it makes it seem like... Uh, Freddie was hearing stuff. Right. So this is so like that. But what's wild to me is if this story, if that's true, okay, right. right? Say that happened. This isn't coming from John or this is coming from the different because half of well, me is like, this is all investigation. So this is neighbor, this is neighbor accounts, this is teacher accounts. Right. This is, uh, he did see a therapist as a kid at one point, right. like a therapist of notes, things like that. These are all things that are pieced together. I wonder if like it was possible that. JFT was hearing voices. voices. Yeah. So, like, I, that's where I was stuck when I was reading that. I was like, was he hearing voices or was this really dad? But, I well, know. I can I can believe that dad uh, was a little bit of a sadist. I can believe right. that dad was an abuser right. because I'm sure what we're going to step on next gonna, is like, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So, like, and these are things that were corroborated. So, right. it's like, I wouldn't put it past him to be. Of course. So, you know, that doesn't seem, you know, beating ventilation talk but also he would drug his mother at night so he could have he would drug his wife his wife sorry his father would drug jft's mother you gotta specify at night so he could have sex with jft's sister um so there was incest going on huh yeah i'm gonna go into it no i was just saying it's not it's not sex but no i I said incest I know, but okay. I was like, I'm one of those people. <laughs> there's only, there's only, there's consensual section, and there's. <laughs> I, I've got a sister who makes sure I know all these things. So I that's, was like, that's I mean, right. that's good. That's good. <laughs> but anyways, um, she's not gonna listen and read me. <laughs> <laughs> so oftentimes when this was happening, he was raping um, JFT's sister. He was in the same room. Usually, there was only a blanket in between what was going on and JFT. Right, so when you think about it's what nineteen fifties. Um, he's a truck driver, so he's not making a truck drivers make a decent amount of money. Right, but it's the South, right, Maryland. Right. So, so he's probably not going very far. Mm-hmm. Uh, if he's always home as often as he is, 
You good? Mm-hmm. All right. And and so, yeah, so the, the kids shared a room. And oftentimes, just like I'm sure you did with your siblings, right. sometimes you, you hang out and you pass out in the same bed. Right. I was always hanging out with my brother, and I ended up passing out on his shoulder. And he'd have to, like, he's also nine years older than me. He'd, like, carry me to my bed. Right. You know, but it happens sometimes. And so if you your dad is sneaking in at night, right. the only thing separating you from such violence is a blanket. But every night you got. I'm sure he had to hear his sister not be excited about this, mm-hmm. cry about this, right. you know, talk to him about it. So all these things that are like brewing and his ideas of what the value of people are and what he can do to people and how he can treat people that he loves or cares about, mm-hmm. um, which you'll see as in his narratives later mm-hmm. that even people who treat he are is treated well by don't deserve X, Y, and Z. So. There's a lot in JFT. I like that. I'm right. Still, I love JFT. Yeah. Um, well, we don't love him. Well, we you know, like that, that uh, uh, yeah, yeah, abbreviation <laughs> of his name, initials. At this point, JFT really did, I mean, this kept going until JFT was an adult. He didn't know if he could stop it. Um, the dad seemed to want to keep him away from the house uh, right. so he could uh, rape his daughter. Because the thing is, boys tend to get big. Right. right? And, and tend fight to be back. able to fight back. Exactly. Right. So if you're not there, right. there's nothing you can do because you don't see it happening. So, right. Moving on from that, by age 12, he started to get in trouble in school. He was acting out. He ended up being expelled. That's for, not acting out. <laughs> <laughs> like, for making a homemade bomb on school property. And setting it off. Yeah. Like... How, there's no internet. I'm just trying to. How did he know? Yo, that was exact. I was like, did you sit in the library? Yes. And figure out how to make a bomb and bring to school? It's one of those Mike Epp jokes where it's like, what are you doing in there? Get out of here, man! You like, know? Is, how did he make a homemade bomb? Well, you could have been a scientist. You know how we talk but about, like, if you took that town. We don't know what, True. what branch of the army or, or yeah, what information he was in yeah. or what he knew. So, but still, if at you're 12 making a bomb again, you could have been a scientist. You could have put that to use we somewhere. About, like, we always talk about skills. what you could have done instead of being a murderer. Been, like, a nuclear physicist. You could have something. done you things. We changed the world if you want. But then again, thank God because you didn't need to have <laughs> access to all these things. If you gave him access to anything more dangerous, he'd be worse. Right. So he was sent to the boys' village in Prince George County. Um, this is a home for troubled youth. He ended up getting in trouble often, though. Well, yeah. So Running let's away. Talk a little bit about what Boys Village is. Yes. So I want to, like, it was a reform school. Like, everyone like everyone has, like, a home for gifted youngsters, like Xavier and X-Men <laughs> or things like that. It's not clearly when what they When my powers are. manifest, I'm going to be there. Right. I mean, I wish. I, I'm trying to right? be Storm and Black Panther's kid. That's my goal. Um <laughs> But like most reform schools of that time in the 50s, 60s, 70s, might, might I remind you of the Florida School for Boys? Right. Hello. Um, they have pretty bad reputations. Mm-hmm. So the Boys Village was actually started out as an old prison farm for black youth way back when. So it was a lot of black kids that were that were on that and clearly mistreated because it was Maryland in the right. 1950s. I love American history, huh? Um, but it first opened in 1870. And so according to some personal accounts that I found on Reddit, because that's where I live as a true crime fan, um, and some message boards, I probably gave my laptop viruses and stuff. <laughs> um, it was more of like a holding center back then. So it was hoping to keep the young boys held in one place until they were 18 and they were either rehabilitated and they were sent out and they became like tradesmen or whatever, or they turned 18, released into the world, reoffended, and then were able to go into an adult penitentiary. Um, but there were stories like, just like Florida Schools for Boys, there mm-hmm. was stories of abuse, sexual assault, overwhelming like uh, labor expectations and such. So he yeah. went from a home full of abuse and violence and then transferred into a place that was supposed to correct him, and that was filled with the same exact It was things. still abuse he was struggling through. And naturally, when you're of that age, you were going to run as fast as you can away from that place. So he kept running away. and Every then, chance he got. Right. And then ended up in Maryland Training School for Boys. Another terrible place. <laughs> so in Cub Hills. Now this, right. And this was literally for harder cases than the other school. Right, so this place, I like. I, so, I googled all this stuff because yes. I love looking into like right. where places. And I'm glad you do. Oh, I'm sure people. I'm sure people listen. Come through it information. Too. But so this place has forever sported like these. Well, back in the day, they were 14 feet, but as of recently, they're 16 foot 
like fences and walls with like barbed wire on top. Um, and the things that were going on, they were just as bad as Boys Village. Right. Um, turns out that a lot of depraved behavior and practices, if you allow them to, pervade different tenures of wardens and generations. Like, who knew, right? Mm-hmm. Like, who knew these things would be like Florida School for Boys, how things just keep going because that's what happens there. Um, it was actually closed in 2005, finally, because of the history uh, and reports. And the quote of that I found of the history of the school was that they found reports of deeply disturbing... Uh, a deeply disturbing degree of physical abuse by staff, some of whom were convicted felons themselves, an unacceptably high level of youth and youth violence, mm. and inappropriate sexual conduct between staff and youth, and a lack of mental health services and suicide precautions. And so, well, again, dipping back into Reddit and into like blogs and forums, one there was a, there was teachers that were murdered on this on site, right, and raped by a twelve year old. I was like, what? But the other side of this is that kids were were at risk of killing themselves and they would do nothing to stop it. Right. Like they like at the top of buildings, like roof access would be unlocked and some would say on purpose. You know, like it like it, it there's a lot of things that went on in these schools that just were not good. And now mind you, we are not condoning what happens later. I'm just saying that these right. are the places that he was in. Right. And then he goes from these type of places to prison later. So we'll yeah. talk about Whew, what yeah. <laughs> he just had a he just had a full a youth. full and this is the, and this is before fifteen years old this mm-hmm. is not he's not even like eighteen yet he mm-hmm. is very much still a preteen he's, yeah he's fifteen at this or time a pre, or a teenager and uh, again nat- no and naturally of course going through worse than you were going before you're gonna continue to what run away so this time he ran away stole a car wrecked it during the escape and at this point the juvenile people that were overseeing his case were like we're done there's nothing we could do with him so he's like 15 may 1964 he's sentenced to an adult prison for larceny of this car so So now you're not even adult yet and now you're put into an adult system and so this is the other thing you have to think about too. First of all, again, young white guy going in Maryland, right? Going to an adult prison. First of all, that means you are far gone, right? right? Because we have to think about the context of where we are. So racism is pervading Maryland at this point. Yes. Certain parts, right? Northern Maryland tends to be a little bit more um, close. Um, I guess I don't want to say wealthy, but a little bit more progressive. But mm-hmm. where he was, not so much. Right. And so when you're looking at this, you're right. He does get sentenced. Um, and just forced to serve his time at the Maryland Institution for Men. That's in Hagersville uh, Town, Maryland. I have a little bit of a buzz, and I apologize in advance, guys. But, because <laughs> I'm, I'm realizing as I'm speaking. Um, okay. And now, right, he's 15, and I was, a lot of y'all are thinking, like, oh, no, an adult prison for a 15-year-old. That's not okay. Some of you are thinking that's what he gets because we know what's coming. It's a true crime podcast, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but he won't make it, or maybe that, yeah, but keep that in mind. But at this point, John, according to prison records, John was about 5'7". And some early prison records that I had found, Googling forever, on page 6 of Google results. Wow, that's deep. <laughs> I don't get past page 3. He was somewhere between... I, I, hey, I, I, I like it when I'm bored, right? 150 and 120 pounds at the beginning of his time there. And so he was always a small boy. He never grew up to be very tall. No. Um, And so his prison early prison records actually show him being in solitary confinement because... Their words in quotes, he had allowed two older inmates to sodomize him. Right. Now, at 15 years old, we just had the conversation about what consensual sex is. You cannot, mm-hmm. you know, right. so he like 15, a 15 year old JFT gets raped by older inmates and gets placed in solitary confinement. And he's a small kid, so he's easy pickings, right? Like, who's gonna fight back? It's prison. Mm-hmm. You know, like in the 60s. So who is really like our guards really caring? Is the warden really there? No. Are people really being rehabilitated? Absolutely. In I mean, there's a question. I was going to say, there's a question about <laughs> if it's happening now. So, but I'm just saying like, this is where, this is what we're, this is what we're looking into mm-hmm. now. Like they remember the juveniles had washed their hands of him. He has a long standing record. So no one's going out of their way to protect John, right? Mm-hmm. It's just he's there. He's and we'll talk about his time in prison too, and why and how colorful that could have been. Right. Uh, 
I'm not laughing at it, but there is there's some interesting things that happened while he was in prison. I mean, his time in prison was as wild as his time out of prison, and that's and he's no stranger to prison. Keep in mind that his incarceration history starts at 15. There's no reform as at that point, and you could say it started before at these tr- school for troubled children because that's pretty much what they were. They're like. And you being in prison, right? They were reform, like you said, reform, reform schools. schools they're like they're more like prisons, yeah. schools, right? Like you wore a uniform, you showed up where you needed to show up, you right. didn't, you were punished. There right? was no plan on like you know how to fix these people or how to best help these people at this time. So, so in prison, he start he set a fire to his tear, broke windows out of his cell, fought out of inmates. It was a lot of just issues. Um, they began to medicate him to calm him down. Um, but that was like to no avail. Um, in March, 1966, he was released, uh, from this prison sentence. So two years later, he's like 17, 17. Yeah. Ish. Ish. Yeah. No, he must've just turned 17 cause his birthday was in March. So he just turned 17. Um, he was released from prison, um, to like October, 1969. He was like, Constantly in and out of trouble. He stole cars, assaulted police officers. But he would only spend like brief times in jail. Yeah. And because ugh, it's what it is, right? Um, life. <laughs> For JFT. <laughs> His life. Um, but because JFT is JFT and he he does what he does, he actually doesn't spend much time outside no, no. of jail at all, right? So he ends up being arrested in October of 1969 right. for raping a woman in Baltimore. Right. Um, while he does say he did not do it, right. a jury of his peers, quote-unquote, did in fact find him And guilty. that could be because of his history. Right. Solely because of his history. And so he's actually sentenced to 21 years. So at this point you're thinking, okay, well, he's going to be in there for a long time. And in fact, he was in there for a while. Um yeah, he was like hey, it it was a it was a long it was a long time. Mm-hmm. Um and as far as like who he was, like at this point we have to think about who who JFT is now. Right. He is not your he is not your typical scared straight, you know, TV show 17-year-old who's like hard on the outside, but once he sees prison, like JFT in prison was a problem. Mhm. Like, he was painted as unstable, hostile, volatile. Um, he was an addict. He made a lot of uh, pruno. If you don't know what that is, that is toilet prison, prison wine. wine. Yeah. Right. He drank a lot. Stabbed. was assaulted other um, inmates. Um, and so, like, he, that, is his, that is his thing. He actually got the nickname The Hound right. at one point um, because he would say he is the devil. Long-term um, institutionalization. Right. So um, this is just, this is who we're dealing with. And now right. at this point, like life of abuse. He like, was he was medicated mm-hmm. not to treat, mm-hmm. but to quell. Right. Yeah. So, so like to relax. Control him, make him easy, like more. And kind one of, could uh, question if he uh, even worked. Well, that's the thing right. is that you're not treating him. Right. Like, there, in all my research that I was doing, there is no re- there is no mention. Outside of his psychiatrist at like trial, right? right? That talk about what like aside from his childhood too, where he was treated for anything, right? And so like this is what's happening. Not only is behavior our behaviors being normalized because he's in a violent prison, but no one's doing anything to really stop him. No, nope. he's always in prison. <laughs> right, right. And so he he has done a lot uh, to do uh, a lot of wrong until and actually at some point while he was serving time. Mm-hmm. Um, he had sent a picture of himself to the woman that he raped right. that landed him this sentence. Right. And saying that he's going to escape. And he actually ended up doing that in yeah. 1971 in a very Shawshank prison movie way. He hid in the laundry basket mm-hmm. and rode out of prison on a laundry truck. Yeah. Um, obviously, he got caught. But like this guy. Yeah. Um, what's the what's the word? Uh, there was a word for slaves, and I'm not trying to say that JFT is a slave. I'm going to Google it while we're talking about it. Um, but there is a mental illness that white slave owners ascribe to black uh, slaves who tried to run. Um, really? Yeah. You don't know this? Nah. Um, let's see if I can find it. You know, Caribbean. Drapetomania. There we go. That was a, okay. Conjectural mental illness. I'm, I'm going to have to lie. research this. Um, it was the... It was the it was the idea that you were crazy for trying to run away from or escape slavery. 
Like, again, you have to pathologize things and make people terrible. I guess but, like, all I of Haiti like was that is, <laughs> But I feel like that is what... Like, he was always escaping and running away. Right. But he would always do something to bring him back. Right. And I think that a lot of times in prison, too, he would act out violently because he was smaller. Right. I think he wanted to have the the reputation of being dangerous, while at the same time being shielded and protected by being kept alone. Correct. So that way people knew, look, the hound is a mess. Unless Unless you want that smoke, you need to leave him be. You know? So, we'll we'll talk about it. <laughs> so, um, he was now... I get, did he finally get out, from what I understand? Oh, you're asking, he was ser- yeah, you asking hold on. me like I'm yeah. not the only other person in the room. Yeah, no, I'm asking you. Yeah, because so he ended up getting out and then serving for armed robbery. Yeah. Yeah, that's when they mistake it. Yeah, you go bit. ahead. Um, so, yeah. So, he actually ends up getting out in April of 86. Um, and you think he'd probably skip town, go get a job at a Cumberland farm, well, Cumberland farm, you know. <laughs> that's very specific. Right, because that's what I think about, like, I, I know some felons who work at Cumberland farm. It just seems like a, a, the first level of a job, right? Work yourself up to manager, I don't know. But you get a job at a convenience store or something like that, a gas station store. Uh, call it a life, right? Chalk it up, rebuild. Not John, because right. he was right back in jail, not even a month later, because he was convicted of an armed robbery of a convenience store. And he was sentenced eight years for it. But John would not end up serving those full eight years. And Double you think, check on your coworkers. Right. Make you sure their work maybe is it's valid. Good behavior. You know how the rich people get out because of overcrowding. No. John was released from prison because of a clerical error. Mm-hmm. A prison official had accidentally applied what they called good time credits, which for us would say like good time. Yeah, and time good served behavior, because of good behavior. Um, from his rape sentence to his robbery sentence. So he was free. Yes. So much sooner than he was supposed to be because right. someone didn't doubt their eyes and cross. And their what's teeth. wild is this probably caused what happened next to happen next. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so there was, I mean, there was a lot mm. going on in here. And like, again, so now we have this severely undertreated, mentally ill person mm-hmm. with violent tendencies mm-hmm. and a uh, Inability to create, maintain, and facilitate relationships. Learn criminal behaviors. Right. From his surroundings. Free. Free. After shortly prior, <laughs> like robbing a store with a weapon. No life skills whatsoever. No. And he's on the streets. Right. Once. Again. again. So the beautiful thing about uh, a prison sometimes is that people will find love. Did you say people will find love in... Okay, love after lockup. No, that's You're not, still going to watch that Because it happens a lot. People... I know. I know. But he, John, you know, he did what he had to do, quote unquote. What so he, guard. he basic requirements to get his high school diploma, his GED. Right. Um, took some classes while he was gone. He got some decent grades. But he became infatuated mm-hmm. with a CO, with a correctional officer by the name of Rose Lofton. And not only was he infatuated, he went full on like Breakfast Club, Sixteen Candles. I can't stand you. Um, you know, like writing love letters, poetry. It, but it wasn't romantic. No. It was obscure and obscene mm-hmm. and explicit. I mean. He would be telling her what he wanted to do to her when she was by herself. Definitely like, didn't know what romance was. It was us. dangerous and violent because he doesn't know. And that's the other thing, too, is that we don't talk much about his sexual relationships outside of kind of who he is. But remember, sexualized at a young age, not because he kissed a girl at, in second grade, but because his father was raping, raping his, his sister, sister. Yeah, right. And gets into prison, is being sexually violated and raped by older inmates, mm-hmm. and so like understand like all these things about what sex is. We talked about this with Dahmer, right? And then looking at this, he's like, well, of course I can talk to her like this because that's who she is, and this is who I am, and I'm allowed to because it's what men are, right? And so it, it's this whole spiel. That he's walking in right now. And Miss Lofton was actually not very fond of JFT. Not at all. She wanted nothing to do with this. Not at all. Um, And so the day he got out, she made sure that she went and filed a report and pressed charges, harassment charges against him. So that way she would have some kind of shield, some kind of protection. Right. Um, her, Her co-workers actually ended up delaying his release until she got to the courtroom. The courthouse, I'm sorry. 
So that way there was some, again, a buffer space there. Right. That's how intimidated she was by this man and how fearful her other CEOs, who are not small people, were <laughs> right. Were worried. And of worried. her safety, yeah. And not only that, he got released from prison, was immediately arrested because of harassment charges. So this is like... Yep. So there, this guy doesn't, doesn't get out, right? No. But he, but you know, the harassment charges actually fall flat, so right. he gets some kind of wiggle room there, and he goes and he he starts working. He works at a plant at some point as a chicken processor. This is a deboned chickens. He works as a bricklayer for a little bit, but even while doing all these things, he still was sending letters and still romantically interested in Miss Lofton. Um, and we talked about who was it? Was it Colleen Stan? There was somebody we who believed that someone else was in love with them. Who was it? It wasn't Colleen Stan because she got kidnapped. Who no, yeah, she got kidnapped. Uh, but he believed that she loved him, right? Uh, and there was no inclination right. that that was true. Um, and then actually, what we would see here is that she vehemently turns him down one day. And then at some point, and I want to say, say it was August of 1990, he actually um, gets accused of exposing himself, right? He flashes a woman that gave him a ride because he tends to be a hitchhiker. Right. And so he's terrified that he's going back to prison. Now we see a fear, right? And so there's a there's a lot of things happening in JFT's mind. And like I said, not only is he afraid of going back to prison, he also feels like he's alone in the world. Also, his mom is not the biggest fan of him at this point. No. Um, because of how much of a felon he is. Right. rap sheet as long as my legs, right? Right. I'm very tall. <laughs> and so... At this point, all these things could be the things that are setting John off, but we do know that he did, in fact, go off. Yes. But John obviously starts taking steps to some reckless behavior. So John ended up quitting his job on the 29th of August in 1990. He got his last paycheck, cashed it out, and bought a 22 caliber semi-automatic rifle from a store in town. Um, and he sawed off the barrel so that he could fit it in a little black duffel bag, a doctor's bag. You've seen them in the 90s. If you ever watched, not Grey's Anatomy, what was it? Um, ER probably has a few of them. Um, but he does that, right? And so that night of the 29th, he actually robs a cab driver who, Milton Mercy, who's 21 years old, and he ordered him into the trunk of his own cab. And when Milton, you know, raised a little bit of alarm, he told him that if he doesn't do what he says, he was going to shoot him and, you know, you know, and he does. He does shoot him, right? And so, doesn't die, but we do know that he is injured, right? This is a real person who goes to a hospital with wounds. Um, and then, D wants to tell you a little bit about what happened two days later when he was tripping, tripping. Yeah, he was tripping, tripping on uh, Friday, August 31st while he was hitchhiking. Um, this guy, Greg Taylor, on his way home from work, stopped and saw this guy, J- well, as we know as JFT, um, while he was on his way home from work and decided to give him a ride while he was hitchhiking. The 90s were full of people. I mean, you know, I can't believe like hitchhiking was still a thing in the 90s, though. That yeah, seems hitchhiking so, like, was around for a while. I mean, I think, when I think hitchhiking, I think 1970s. Well, it's because everyone just whenever got killed because of hitchhiking. It was a terrible right. time. But. <laughs> but at this point during the ride, at one point during the ride, uh, he pulled the gun out of from a doctor's bag and told him to turn around. Uh, he ordered Mr. Taylor to keep, you know, driving down to like a deserted wooded area. Uh, and he had planned to tie up um, Greg to a tree, but he was scared and he said, you know, I don't want to be tied up naturally. <laughs> Who wouldn't? Yeah, I think... Uh, what was really going down and so um, JFT that's what we're calling him JFT JFT would later say in his confessionals exactly what was going down and how he was feeling in the moment but what the, what the core purpose was is that Greg was begging for his life right at this point <laughs> what to what JFT equated to him being a whiner a nuisance right who whined and didn't want to cooperate yeah I don't want to die sir like right. Get it together. And like, so he ends up shooting uh, Mr. Taylor, Greg Taylor, in the torso, in the upper torso, mm-hmm. uh, and in the head. Yes. Um, he said he took him to find a place, laid him down, um, and buried him, like, shallowly, right? So there is a um, there is an escalation here <laughs> that uh, is very clear. Right? Yes, yes. And so we saw it with Millen. Didn't kill Millen. Mm-mm. 
which he later says was a mistake. Right. But even then, so like when I'm looking at it, like I look at things like I read the Bible, right? Like I ask a lot of questions about it because you have to, you should at least. You should, if you're reading any religious text, you should always ask questions because you don't want to be caught up, right? But even when I look at everything, all my research, I always ask questions, okay? So why is it that Milton, Milton Milton just objected, right? He was like, I'm being robbed. Like your natural instinct is to be like, nah. You know, like mm-hmm. especially with cab drivers, like you pay for their licenses, they right. pay for this, they're like the cars, things like that. And so for him, he's like to shoot him because he's complaining. Now this dude is whining, shoots him. Like, what does that come from? Is like, is there like why does whining upset you so much? Right? Probably from... to the point of violence. Right. Um so even then, so driving uh between Baltimore and Salisbury Yes. Um, he was driving his uh, Greg's uh, Ford Festiva, where which, he actually dyed his hair so he could look like more like Greg. Right, tried, tried. Right. Uh, he wanted to make it more black, mm-hmm. uh, but th- even then. So on Saturday, September first, the next day, mm-hmm. uh, JFT, who's still driving uh, Greg's uh, Ford Festiva, walked into a Salisbury convenience store and had the intention of robbing it. Mm-hmm. And once everything kind of went awry because it's JFT, he ends up shooting the clerk in the head at a very close range, but misses, right? The bullet grazes the side of the clerk's head. He survives. But now we have one more person who has seen JFT. His face. With this gun. Mm -hmm. It was attempting, right? Now we have motive. We've got, we've got like patterns of behavior. Yeah, another mistake in his. Right. And so later on that day, it's not even like he waits a couple of days. He's driving through Middle River, Maryland. And he stops at a big red gasoline station, um, and he encounters Billy Weinbrenner, who's a 16-year-old sales associate, um, and his dad, who is the manager of the gas station. And so what JFT actually does is he has this really nice gold watch, and he barters with Billy's dad, um, Marty, you know, say, hey, I I want some gas, I need $20, Mm -hmm. take the watch as collateral, I'll come back. And I'll give you $60 and take my watch back, right? Because right. it's the 90s and you can still haggle. But on Labor Day, uh, you know, when Billy is the only one in the store, JFT, JFT, JFT <laughs> comes back you're looking for the watch. And it turns out that, you know, Billy doesn't have the watch. watch His girlfriend it. Melody was actually there and it was home safe in her jewelry box because right. they weren't expecting him to come back. Come back, yeah. Um, and what happens is, and we actually know she had the jewelry box because police got it turned over to her, uh, to them, by by her sister. Um, and when they couldn't garnish or what's the worst, produce the watch, um, he pulls out the gun, um, robs them, forces Billy to fill a bag with cash. Um, and they gave him the money and then he proceeds to shoot both of them twice Twice in the head. head. Yep. (sighs) Yeah. Wow. And this is another thing we're talking about where he'll describe what happened and he'll say, he told him, there was a video confession. Now, mind you, this is the one of the first times people were like videotaping confessions in the 90s, especially in Maryland. This was like new for them. Yeah, um, and so having that, I've looked for it. There is no video of it. Yeah, that yeah. It makes me so mad because there's video of everything. It's the internet. And so the thing is that they asked him, why would you shoot them? Like what provoked you to shoot them? And he said nothing. Yep. And he's like, did they treat you terribly? He said, no, they treated me perfectly good. Remember, he was triggered by whining, so we know that. Right. So, like, they they obliged when he asked for money. They gave him the money, you know, and they explained that, hey, we don't have the watch on us right now. It's at my house. If you Maybe you come back tomorrow. Like, still, he still shoots them. So, at this point, it doesn't even matter that anyone's annoying him. Right. Um, and so, what ends up happening, he leaves there after after shooting both these young kids but Salisbury police had gotten a report that there was a car matching description of the vehicle uh, seen leaving the convenience store once they were investigating the murder, um, traveling north on Route 13, and they started to pursue him. Right. Now now they got everyone involved. So the sheriff department, state troopers mm-hmm. um, from all across the state, from Maryland and Virginia, are chasing him. I'm sorry, I'm Virginia, Delaware, are chasing him. Um, and he actually lost them, lost, uh, jumped out of the Festiva and ran through the woods and robbed someone else, took another car, right? Yep. And so he ends up flagging down another dude with the gun 
and drove further into Delaware, into Kent County, where he eventually pulled into a restaurant uh, in Smyrna, which is a name I do not like. Smyrna? I do not like the name of Smyrna. If you're listening, you're from Smyrna. I love your town. I really <laughs> um, but once he arrived in that parking lot, he was surrounded. Yep. Um, and so they they kind of had a little bit of a shootout. Not much, not much of one because he's JFT, right? Right. And once he ran out of bullets, he was taken. He's taken into custody. Now, my favorite part of this is this is I don't know the 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 case, the uh, trial. Um, no, my favorite part of this is. His mother's saying, his mother's words in this. Oh, no, and no, no, no. so, because the, like, we talked about how his mother wasn't the biggest fan of him. Nope. Um, but his mama, Patty, um, got interviewed by the dispatch. We're talking about the Maryland Coast Dispatch. So this is why, this is where I grabbed this from. Mm-hmm. I feel like I should start putting links in the show notes, but I'm lazy, guys. <laughs> um, just go Google the dispatch. You'll find the story. <laughs> um, and she was saying, though, that even while she wasn't the biggest fan of him, that her son was a bit of a coward, right? So she said he wanted to die, and he wanted to be killed in a gunfight by police. Um, he wanted to, he wanted to kill in order to be killed. She said that he wanted to he was getting too old and didn't have the guts to kill himself. So he was going to have a shootout with the police. That is a direct quote from Patty Thomas. I mean, and I mean, he he did commit try to commit suicide in prison a couple times, right? And was, so, like, at this point, like, she says he's gotten too old. And, like, so I want to know, like, what those what those prison letters looked like or maybe the conversations she's had with her son after that, you know, because there are times when people grow from that, right? Maybe you're no longer having suicidal ideations or maybe you no longer want it to be you because we talk about suicide by police right. and things like that. People do it. Uh, you fake rob a bank just to get gunned down or, like, harass or assault a police officer. Um but even then, uh, Smyrna police are interrogating Thanos, and he, Thanos, Infinity War. JFT. Um, JFT, you're right. It, makes mm-hmm. it just is so They're interrogating him, and they are, they're talking about this, these, this three-day, this Labor Day weekend, uh, crime spree he's been on, and he is just spilling. Everything out. Like, singing like a canary. Because it's it's one of those things like where you're either exhausted and you just like life has been so damn difficult that you're like, yeah, this is what happened, or you're proud of it. Mm-hmm. And I I wish we had a lot more. I wish there was documentaries and things like yeah, that. Yeah. I would like to see exactly what his his mindset was because in court, completely different person than he was when he wasn't when he mm-hmm. was still locked up as an older as an older. Person. Right. They said it was fairly quiet. Right, almost um, effeminate. Yeah, like, but in court, it's like, I'm not sorry, I did all this. Kiss my all y'all kissed my left Right, like he was <laughs> like ballsy. Right, like it was, it was, he was brazen. He was like, you know, like I'm not. That's a better word. Huh? Brazen. Like Thank ballsy. you. High, fu- high five, high five, I know words. words. You see how I could know words when I'm outside of school? Like I can't do not it all. Not when you're in it. <laughs> not when I'm in it. School takes my soul away. Um, say that. <laughs> huh? I said you can say that. I'm telling you. But yeah, so in, in while he was a court, he, you know, he so he ended up getting the death sentence. So we could just fast forward to there. Um Why are we fast forwarding? I'm fast forwarding to there because I want to like he did not care about the death sentence. He was for it. We're talking about the suicides, we're talking about his mom and how he, you know, told her about you wanting yeah. to die, the shootout. This man did not care. Now, as much as his mom didn't like him. And his sister, they actually tried to appeal this. Right. They tried. And so the, the thing the thing with Maryland, Maryland was really weird. So Maryland hadn't killed anybody or In executed anyone since years. 1962. Yeah. Right? And so what the, what was really happening was they were trying to pass a bill. Um, there was a few things kind of in the legislature at the time. They were trying to pass a bill that as soon as you were sentenced to death, if I'm reading, if I read it correctly, there is a like a case file and bill thing. Mm-hmm. I'll put the I'll, I'll put it on the show notes. I'm just I'll no, you it won't. I'll just add it later. <laughs> like, I'll, send three, my, I'll send a reminder. Four four weeks later, right? And you'll, <laughs> just go back and I'll, they'll all be there at some point. Um, but they were talking about how if you get sentenced to execution, uh, the old law was very vague, and so you didn't have to release the public date of an execution. You just right. died when you died, and the public found out later. Right. Um, but what would happen, what they were looking to push, was that there was a stay of execution immediately until all the paperwork pro- was properly filed and the petition to, for death and things like that was was put away. And I think it was 210 days of a stay of educa- ex- uh, execution. 
And so, but in that, there was also the ability for the person, for the criminal, to also not just appeal, but also disagree. Right. And say, well, I don't feel like dying. And right. like all these things like that, which would hold up the process. Process, right. And so you don't want, and I read it, I think I read it in the in an article, is that you don't want the person sentenced to die to hold the keys to the gas chamber. Right. Mm-hmm. Like they shouldn't be allowed to say yay or nay if right. they are sentenced to die. Um, so there was a lot of things happening around the death sentence in Maryland, and they actually ended up instating it, uh, reinstating it in 1994, the General Assembly. So he was the first one. Right. Once this case came to light, that is what pushed it. Right. Which is, like... Amazing. So, yeah. like... The, yeah, and I feel like what happens as far as the information on JFT and his crimes and some of the information that we're we're looking for as true crime uh, like right. research and stuff for the show... It gets overshadowed by the fact that he was the first one to be executed in 33 years. I feel like whenever I'm researching, that's more of the highlight than the actual crimes, than who he was and what happened during the trial. It was mostly he was the first one to die in 33 years and he didn't get a special meal he got the same thing as most prisoners did that day and then he was well well, the thing the thing the problem also is this is that he was also a bit of a jerk yeah the entire time no one liked him right where you don't (laughs) they didn't want to appease him at any rate they didn't appease him death is a terrifying thing for a lot of people right Right. especially if you know when it's coming Mm -hmm. and so the last meal is a nice way to kind of give someone a an ease. Right. Yeah. Here, Ish. now you got a priest or a pastor reading you some Bible verses. There's yeah. some comfort in that. Eating nah. your favorite foods. But he was in the courtroom saying that the grieving parents, like their cries, um, they bring laughter from the darkest caverns of their soul. Mm-hmm. He was telling them that if they were still here, he'd dig them up so he, and he hope could. they can come back to life just so he can kill them again. Kill them and, defile and like defile bodies. the bodies. Yeah. Like that's he what... was saying some of the most horrendous things. But then again, the COs were saying he'd go back to prison and he'd be this quiet, you know, soft spoken right. person. And I think there is a, a point to what you said. There is this person who wanted to die. Right. I think there's a resignation there. Yeah, yeah. But he feels like he had to put on for other people. And so, right, he was the last, without, you know, 30 years without an execution in Maryland mm-hmm. on May 17th. That's actually my niece's birthday. This is terrible. Um, 1994. Well, so he's born on my, your my nephew's, nephew's birthday. birthday. Was executed on my niece's, niece's birthday. I just realized That's that. weird. Not the date, not the year. Yeah, of course, the date. The date. Um, but on May 17th, 1994, he was killed, uh, executed, I'm sorry. By lethal injection. And a weird note of this is what I found. I was looking at the death sentence registry because there's one. I don't know if you knew that. If anyone knows that, but there is. Um, A side note, about 900 miles west, just a week prior on May 10th of 1994, Illinois put down one of America's most notorious serial killers. And that one was John Wayne Gacy. And I was like, oh, it's the same. When you said Illinois, I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. Casey. And I was like, it's just, I was looking at it, I was like, that's so funny that that's the same. Probably the same another thing that overshadowed. It was a Wednesday. Yeah. I don't know if you guys need to know that, but it was a Wednesday. Thank you for, you, what, you just like Wednesdays. put it in the time. But it was just, it was just so strange to me because I would think, because that's what I think also overtook the Overtook the case, the case is yeah. Is that John Wayne Gacy died a week prior. Right. So and all this stuff is coming out. So and Gacy had the murder count on him is ridiculous. 100%, yeah. 33, right? Yeah. He just, Compared like, he to was three. dominating news cycles. And right. this guy had a Labor Day, like, wild fest. Right. And they're like, that's nothing compared to the cross base, though. Right. This dude was a clown. He was, like, a politician. Yeah, he, he was had, doing the most. Like, so there's, like, so this is also why... Right. You can imagine like what was dominating the news cycle. So this is probably why you didn't hear of JFT. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is John Frederick or Freddie Thanos. Thanos. Um, just like I said, perfectly unbalanced as all things should not be. Uh, it's an Infinity War quote. If you don't know what it is, be a Marvel nerd, get cultured. Um, but that is it. Thank you for whoever suggested this because this was a nice little trip down a rabbit hole. Yes, I, it's a nice. It's nice to research things that aren't. He loves a well, trip it's down. It's technically the school related, forensic psychology, but like right. it's not quite. But it's I don't have to prove. This I mean, I'm not in forensic, so I'm mental health. But okay. Well, clinical. There's yeah. still yeah. there's true, still true, both true, mental true. health. There's yeah. just two sides of the coin. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So don't don't do me dirty. <laughs> anyway, 
anyway, guys, where can people find you on social media if they were looking for you? You can find me posting my baby and my husband and all things makeup and things that make me happy on D underscore trip. Uh on uh what? Instagram and Twitter. Yeah, I was like, take your time. Baby. I was trying to figure you I haven't said that in a long time and I don't post as much as I mean, I'm also in You don't post as much? You always on Instagram. No, nah, I'm like no. uh Instagram looker. Yeah. Uh, you have a live story every day. Like you have a story every day. Yeah. yeah I rep- I rep- I repost. I'm a repost queen. Um, anyway, if you guys want to find me on the internet, <laughs> I'm on Instagram, Snapchat, and Twitter. It's Sharnel B. You can find photos of me because I am single, <laughs> like a Pringle. Your cat? And kind of ready. To, well, my cat's not even on my Instagram, really. No, she hasn't been really. on there since like 2016. You're not Instagram or your Twitter. I love Twitter. Your Twitter head. I'm not so alone in my head. If you want to find the podcast on Instagram and Twitter, it's at What Did You Do Pod. Uh, find us on Facebook. Just search What Did You Do Podcast. Join the crew. Join the crew. I think we're up to like 191. Yeah, no, I'm getting too shy. Like, it's too many people. I'm not. All my social anxiety. Um, I'm out here like Summer Walker, okay? I definitely resonate with Summer Walker. Sorry, I'm playing my phone pop socket. It's going to be in there. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so find us there. Chat. One of the things I'm going to drop into the crew at some point is that I'm going to have some free time come the holidays. And if anybody is sitting at home bored and not doing anything on the holidays, because I don't really like my family that much. So if you, <laughs> so I'm going to spend like half my day in my house and three hours with my family on holidays. So that's going to be fun. So if anybody else is bored and at home, I feel like we, we can like schedule like 25 minute like fun sessions. Like, or uh, I got Pokemon Sword. Give me your friend code. Oh. Um, send me your friend code. I got, I got Smash Brothers 2 and Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3. Send me your friend codes. We'll do things like that. Make each other happy on holidays when we're, when we're not wanting to be. Like, I have a whole family, by. you guys. Okay. I'm a stepmom I mean, and a wife. That was different when you don't like your family, like, but like then when you have a family, it's like you're obligated. That was very much. I have a, I had a house, right? Like, <laughs> I was like, if you don't like your family, like I, if you have some strange relationships, like I have a whole family. Like what? <laughs> you're like the five. You're like that's oh, you're, not what I well, mean. Well, it's time for me to pick up my ball. And I have a house, and now I have a whole family. <laughs> I got a whole family, guys, and I like them. <laughs> I love my my immediate. I love my family, too. I just don't like them always. And they know that. And I make sure I tell them that. Uh, don't call me. <laughs> but, no, guys, thank you uh, for listening. Uh, find us everywhere. Talk to us everywhere. Um, that's it. I have nothing else to love say. Love me, love me. Say that yeah. you love me. Keep your hands clean. Oh, I didn't get to say your secrets make you sick at any point this episode. But they do, clearly. Did, did, did JFT have secrets? That, that childhood was yeah he he was like, hiding he that. his father a lot right. but we know that that was not exactly yeah he might have when he got it older to be honest look secrets they make, you, they make you sick anyway guys deuces make good choices don't do anything I wouldn't do we will see you in two weeks and in four weeks ish Christmas jingle episode. bells jingle bells yeah I'll figure it out I'll jingle figure it out something all the, the way first something or have yourself alert merry little fish miss was that what she said she it was something like that um which i was like oh i'll bring fish right but anyway guys let's get out of here because i keep talking i'm really hungry now so <laughs> you need something to take the liquor away make good choices adios <laughs> <laughs>